It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. Hey guys, John Barchard here. You guys know how much I love to play fantasy football. So I need you to listen up because I want you to join the highest rated fantasy football app. It's called Draft. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but be done in under five minutes. And they last just for one week. Drafts start every couple of minutes, so you can join right now for week 11. And the best part is you get to play for cold, hard cash. And get this, your chances of winning are 80% better than on the salary cap sites, on all the DFS sites. Because you're always trying to figure out, okay, where should I start this guy the value and I don't have enough money to do all that stuff. It doesn't happen on draft. You get a selection of every premium player. You just got to be the smartest one in the room. It's a six-player snake draft, so you get in, you get out. Tournaments start from $1 to $1,000 to everything in between. Three-person drafts, six-person drafts, on and on. The options are limitless. And all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. All you have to use is promo code BGNR. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using promo code BGNR. And it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you'll love it that they are offering BGN Radio listeners a money-back guarantee up to $100. No excuses now. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code BGNR. You're listening to BGN Radio. Se la dan a la Garrett Blunt. Blunt, se suelta. Blunt, la 40. Blunt, hasta la 30. Blunt, hasta la 25. Blunt, hasta la 22. La locomotora. La Garrett Blunt. Otro first down. Philadelphia, otro first down Eagles. Two words. Two words that you've heard. Two words that you know I'm going to say. Two words. Dallas sucks. The Eagles, your Philadelphia Eagles, are 9-1 after defeating the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. 
dropping Dallas to five and five, their old mediocre selves. What a game. Wasn't pretty at first, but they got the job done. That's one of the most impressive things about this Eagles team. They'll play a garbage first half. Mostly garbage. The first touchdown drive was nice. And still dominate their opponent. That's that's how good this Eagles team is. They don't even have to play at their best, and they can still blow out the competition. I'm Brandon Lee Gowton. This is your Eagles Victory Monday edition of Afternoon QB. Our good friend Safe Asafi checking in here in the comments saying, We did it. Yep, the Eagles did do it. It was a great win. Ryan Cruz checking in the second time listening live. What's up? What is going on, Ryan Cruz and everyone here in the Facebook comments? Again, if you're listening on the replay, if you want to see these broadcasts live, you can check those out at facebook.com slash Bleeding Green Nation, where they are live every Monday as I am right now. If you want to listen to on the replay, if you're listening to it live and you have to leave or or you just want to hear it in your podcast feed, or if you're not already subscribed to BGN Radio, please go do that on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those apps. Give us a five-star review and rating. So there's those are two separate things. Give the five-star rating and then the review. Give us some feedback. So the Eagles are 9-1. and one. Pretty good spot to be. They're pretty much the NFC champions at this point. We know it's not official. They haven't officially clinched anything, but they're going to win the NFC East. We know that. They're 9-1. and one. The Cowboys, the next closest team, are 5-5. Five and five. The Eagles can actually clinch the division as soon as, not this Thursday on Thanksgiving, but the next Thursday on November 30th, as I'm looking up at a calendar up here. November 30th is the first day the Eagles can clinch the division The Eagles' magic number right now is currently at three, which means the combined number of Eagles wins or Cowboys losses drop that number down. So if the Eagles are able to beat the Bears this Sunday and if the Cowboys lose to the Chargers on Thanksgiving, it would be down to one. At that point, if the Cowboys lose on the 30th to Washington, it's over. Eagles clinch the division. So we'll see how that goes. At this point, the division isn't even all that relevant for the Eagles because it's pretty much in their hands. At this point, it's all about getting that one seed. And really, this team should be able to get that one seed. They deserve that number one seed. The way they're playing right now, you saw the Saints win on Sunday. You saw the Vikings win. There are some other good teams in the NFC, no doubt. But they're 8-2. and two. The Eagles are 9-1. and one. And the Eagles haven't lost within the conference like those teams have. And the Eagles have a better quarterback. Well, I'm not going to say Carson Wentz is an, in his career is a better quarterback than Drew Brees. Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer. But Carson Wentz is playing pretty well. He's the NFL MVP in my book. He's certainly a lot better than Case Keenum. I think the Eagles have a lot more going for them overall in terms of those teams. Although, again, they're very good teams. But you saw that Saints team, they almost lost to Washington. Their defense looked vulnerable, no surprise. It didn't hurt the Washington. It did hurt the Saints that Marshawn Lattimore was out. But you saw the Rams lose. 
They couldn't get a whole lot going in Minnesota. I don't fully buy into that Rams team yet. I know they're a good team for sure. I don't think they're elite yet, though. I just don't fully trust Jared Goff. I think Todd Gurley is such a big part of what they do and is a you know really sets up his success. So when they don't have that going, it becomes tougher on them. But uh, yeah, this Eagles team turns out it's another week where I'm sitting here and like I'm saying, what can we say? They're good. They're awesome. Again. Not a great start to the game, but they picked it up. Carson Wentz didn't have the best stat line, but he came in there and he made plays when it counted. He made some clutch third down throws. That fourth and five touchdown pass to Alshon Jeffrey was just incredible. He had a touchdown to Torrey Smith. Just a lot of good stuff from Carson Wentz, even on a night where he wasn't at his best best overall not certainly not the best version of Carson Wentz that we've seen so far this season uh so it feels good it feels good to be at a point where the Eagles are nine and one and the division is virtually in hand and just to beat the Cowboys man we always say it what two games matter the most during the year it's the Cowboys week and the Eagles beat their biggest division rivals and they did it in part because it was a really good game plan and a really good adjustments and just good coaching by Doug Peterson. You look at how that team started slow, not great, but they came back in the second half. They made adjustments. They started running the ball more. You saw it with Jay Ajayi breaking off a 70-yard touch or almost touchdown run. Uh, a complete good effort from the defense for the most part, limiting that Cowboys offense, which, you know, the Cowboys are missing Zeke, missing Tyron Smith. We get it. But the Eagles defense played well. Ronald Darby comes in here in his first game back, already looking like that cornerback, that good cornerback the Eagles traded for. Ronald Darby was really good in training camp. When I saw him there with the Eagles, he was really good in the preseason. He picked up right where he left off after missing 10 weeks. He got hurt in week one. He didn't come back till now. So having Ronald Darby back is huge. This team, just it's amazing how everyone is stepping up. I think that's a testament to Doug Peterson and the coaching on this team. You're getting contributions from so many players. Just look at Kenyon Barner. Kenyon Barner has two offensive snaps the whole game. So he barely even plays. The one play makes a nice 22-yard reception along the sideline. Great catch. Not a bad throw either. Come right back. Scores a four-yard rushing touchdown. You're getting production out of Corey Clement. You're getting production out of LeGarrette Blunt and the, 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 uh, and the J-Train. And everyone. <laughs> Torrey Smith. Didn't, you know, that drop was not good, obviously, last night, but he did have the touchdown reception and he did have a first down on the first play of the game. So you're getting contributions out of everyone. I think that goes to the coaching on this team, the players are ready to play, even the ones that don't get a lot of playing time. And then just the job that Harry Roseman and Joe Douglas have done, assembling depth on this roster. And then special teams, as Tia Chambers is pointing out in the comments here. Jake Elliott goes out, who, let's let's 
you know, recap there, Jake Elliott isn't the Eagles starting kicker at the, at the beginning of the season. That's Caleb Sturgis. So the Eagles are on their second kicker now, and then he gets hurt. And then Kamu Gruje-Hill, backup linebacker, comes in. Dude, it doesn't even really have a lot of kicking experience. He played soccer, he said, so I guess he's done some kind of kicking in sports before. But come on, that doesn't mean... Just because you play soccer doesn't mean you're some expert kicker or you can make field goals in the NFL. Kamu Gruje Hill comes in. His kickoffs weren't, you know, they weren't awesome and by the standards of a regular kicker. The hang time was lacking. But still, he, get that, he got one into the end zone for a touchback. Another one at least made it to the end zone. That's just an awesome job by him and, he really deserves to be NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. I hope the NFL throws him a bone there and gives him that because that was an awesome performance by a linebacker playing at kicker. And I really wish the Eagles could have given him at least just one chance at an extra point or a short field goal. It didn't work out. That's fine. But it kind of would have been fun to see him at least try that. We'll see if Jake Elliott is back this week. Doug Peterson said he's going through the concussion protocol. Doug Peterson also saying that Jake Elliott is their kicker moving forward. He did show commitment to Jake Elliott. So I don't I don't think we're going to see Caleb Sturgis here unless the injury somehow is bad and it lingers for a long time. But I don't think that's the case. I think right now it sounds like uh, Elliott has a chance to play this week. But you never know. Concussions can be tricky. Back to the Dallas game itself. And speaking about Carson Wentz, I got to get into the Wentz versus Dak thing. I said it on this broadcast last week. Carson Wentz is just so much better than Dak Prescott. And the measure of that is you look at a quarterback when things go wrong. And things have gone wrong with this Eagles team. They lost Jason Peters. They lost Darren Sproles. They lost Jordan Hicks. They lost their kicker and two kickers. Last night, at that point, but the Eagles still won. And it wasn't all because of Carson Wentz, because again, the defense played well, the running game was great, but Carson Wentz made the big throws when it counted. Dak Prescott doesn't do that. Dak Prescott can't carry a team. He can't elevate a team like a franchise quarterback, an elite franchise quarterback at the least, is supposed to. That's why you try to get an elite franchise quarterback in the NFL. You try to get a guy who can carry the rest of the team. And Dak hasn't responded well to adversity at all. It's one thing if he was just playing average. And then you're looking at the absences there and being like, all right, well, he's doing all he can. And it's just they don't have enough around him. No, that's not the case. He's doing all he can and he freaking sucks. He's playing awful. He's playing bad football. You look at one of those, at least one of those interceptions last night. I think it was the one to Ronald Darby. He wasn't even facing pressure on that play. I mean, he had plenty of time to throw in the pocket there. He throws a duck down the field, and it's picked off in double coverage. That has nothing to do with Tyron Smith not being in the game. It's just a bad throw by a quarterback who is not as good as he is made out to be. I don't want to hear that Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott are both good quarterbacks because when you group them together like that, it makes them sounding... Like they're equal, and they are not equals. Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. That's the facts. Now, when Zeke comes back, I'm sure Dak will play better. I have no doubt about that. But when he's out, 
he shows you what he really is. He's a quarterback that relies on an elite running game and a great supporting cast around him, and that's what he is. I think Carson Wentz can do more with less. Now, Carson Wentz is in a great situation right now, no doubt, but I still think Carson Wentz rises in the face of adversity more often than we've seen Dak Prescott do that. Speaking of some of the other great parts of the Eagles, we talked about the running game a little bit, the J-Train coming out, and he's only been with the Eagles for two games, and he already has 15 carries for, what's it, 168 yards here and one touchdown. Really wish he had that finished that touchdown run last night, just got caught from behind. Adding Jay Ajayi to this offense really just makes it that much more dangerous. And it's kind of crazy because they're so good already. <laughs> and to be able to add him in there, it's great. Uh, and a big reason why Jay Ajayi is having that success and something that I don't know if it's going underlooked. Chris Collinsworth had said in the game last night that he thinks the Eagles offensive line is the most underrated position group in the NFL. I don't think it should be underrated at this point. I mean, they're, that's a clearly a very good offensive line. You're getting a lot of good production out of all of those guys. You look at Big V even. The weakness of the Eagles offensive line in terms of he's the the worst play the worst player on that line, but I don't even remember hearing his name called against Dallas. And Doug Peterson had said on today, on Monday, that he's giving Big V less help because he trusts Big V now. I'm sure he's still getting some help. We have to go back and check the tape there, but he's not getting the same. It's not like they have to design the whole offense around Big V as a weakness. And that just shows how far he's come from getting off to a bad start last year when he had to go up against Brian Kerrigan and he got destroyed. Big V's made a, a lot of progress. He's not Jason Peters. We all know that. Jason Peters is not replaceable. He's a future Hall of Famer. But Big V's doing a decent job. And this offensive line is playing great. And you have to give credit again to... Howie Roseman and Joe Douglas, they were the ones saying, we want to build in the trenches. That's really important to us. We feel like we have a lot of, not only, we don't, they said we feel like not only do we have a very good offensive line in terms of starters, they also said like they felt like they had a lot of depth. And guess what? They do. We've seen that. So they were right about that. And then on the flip side of the ball, on defense, that defensive line is good. Now, if I had to find something that kind of concerned me or didn't I didn't like about last night's game against the Cowboys, I thought the run defense wasn't as dominant as it should have been. They've been so good at stopping the run this year, so I'm kind of spoiled with that. They they allowed too much to the Cowboys there. Alfred Morris was gaining big yards. I don't Alfred Morris shouldn't be doing that. I, I don't think Alfred Morris is a complete waste of a carry. He clearly has been a productive player in his career. He's a pretty solid backup running back to have and could be a starter for some teams, but still, they should have held him to less yards. I know the Cowboys have a good offensive line, but that was one thing that bothered me a little bit. But overall, not a really a big issue. That Eagles defensive line 
is the real deal. Derek Barnett, I cannot get over Derek Barnett. And as Eric Reindock is pointing out in the comments here, I'm sure Dak's mobility kind of hurt the run defense, uh, made them be a little more honest about things because you have to account for him as well. And I get that. And it's not a major issue. It's just kind of a minor gripe I had. But getting back to what I was saying there, um, I think you look at Derek Barnett and his progress. It's amazing to me. He is only 21 years old, and he only turned 21 this summer. It's not like he's going to be 22 soon. He's 21 years old, and again, I get it. He's going against Byron Bell, and Byron Bell isn't any good. Still, 21-year-old rookie notching two sacks, one forced fumble, two tackles for loss, and four quarterback hits. And one of those quarterback hits forced an interception. Derek Barnett is looking great. He's been a great addition to this team. They got to get that guy more playing time down the stretch here. And we'll talk a little bit about Derek Barnett later in our over-unders provided by Stephen Lee this week. Uh, he, he has a good one for us, so we'll talk about that later. But it was a great win for the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. Again, they're 9-1. and one. At this point, the division is in hand. You're shooting for that first round bye. That's the goal at this point. You have six games left. And the Eagles got a tiny bit of help on Sunday with the Rams losing. But the Vikings still won. You know, someone had to win that game. So, of course, someone was going to. And the Saints won, which is just a... A total choke job by our friend, Kurt Coupons. Man, just what a terrible, terrible choke. Washington, it's not, you know, it's, it's anyone's fault for believing in them that they could win because it's Washington. But they should have won that game, man. Kirk Cousins, too, it's funny to me how he's having a good game and people are, are coming to me. I'm critical of Kirk Cousins and they're like, Oh, he's having a great game. Okay. And then it comes down to the, the final moments, comes down to the clutch. And he proves himself to be the player who I swear he is the the latest version of. And that's Tony Romo. A guy who puts up good numbers and he's not a terrible quarterback. He's clearly a starter in the NFL. He does some good things. But when it comes to the biggest moments and in in games that matter the most, chokes. I know some people might think that's a lazy narrative. I don't think it is. I think Kirk Cousins is a choker. That He's, he's done some things that are just, it blows my mind. They're just dumb. It's a dumb play. I know the NFL said that play wasn't intentional grounding. But it's his fault for even making it look like that because there was no need to do that. He put them in a position where the ref would make a wrong call. Kirk Cousins, and I'm going to get off this in a bit. I know this is an Eagles thing, and I, I don't. You're you're probably you might be tired of me making fun of. No, you're, I'm, I don't think anyone's tired of making me making fun of Kirk Cousins here. But I just want to finish with good luck to the team that pays our friend Kirk Coupons more than. $30 million a year and makes him the highest play, paid player in the NFL because that guy, again, is a poor man's Tony Romo who just stuffs the stat sheet and doesn't come up big when it counts. 
Getting back to this week's game, or getting into this week's game, I should say, the Eagles play the Bears this week, and it's a good opportunity to go 10-1. and The Eagles are 11-2 and in their home games under Doug Peterson, so they play well at home. This is an opportunity for the Eagles to move towards that one seed, move towards clinching the NFC East officially. I don't think it'll be a walk in the park. I know that there's been a lot of talk this year, and I've been ridiculing the people who have been talking about it, about how, oh, it's a trap game. I think that's been said way too much this season. And each time, guess what? It's never been true. This week, though, this week does have trap game conditions. Now, before I get into that, Let me say that I do think the Eagles are going to win this week. So I'm not trying to get everyone worried or try to be a contrarian over here. I just think when you look at what defines a trap game, it's when you're coming off a big win against, it doesn't have to be a division rival, but something like a big emotional win or, in the Eagles' case, a series of big wins there. You might be a little overconfident, might be smelling yourselves, as they like to say. I don't think this Eagles team falls into that trap, but I'm just saying generically, that's the kind of game this would be. Eagles coming off a bunch of wins, playing well. They come home to play a Bears team that, look, Chicago's not a good team. Make no mistake about it. They're not a good football team, but they're not the team that finished with the number three overall pick in the draft last year. They're not that bad. You look at their schedule, They've been playing teams close for most of the year. They've only had two really bad losses. One was early in the season to the Buccaneers, and that was when Mike Lennon was starting. Mike Lennon being, excuse me, a former Tampa Bay starter, so they have some inside info on him. And the other one was a game in Lambeau against the Packers where it was Aaron Rodgers just blowing out the Bears. And again, Mike Lennon started that game. And he got benched. And I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is like that much better. I don't know if he's even better at all. But for whatever reason, they've kind of been playing better and more competitive with Trubisky in there. Not so much because of him. More so it has to do with that defense. That Bears defense is not bad. It's not some, you know, it's not Seattle of the prime Seattle or, you know, it's not... Denver when they were really good it's not some kind of elite defense but when you look in terms of DVOA by football outsiders the Bears ranked 10th overall in DVOA they went down to New Orleans and they only lost to the Saints by eight points because the Bears defense only allowed that Saints offense to score 20 in New Orleans it wasn't too long ago it was a couple weeks ago when the Bears beat this the Carolina Panthers 17-3. So this Bears team, they're respectable, in my opinion here. They're not a bad team. The Eagles have opened up as 14-point favorites over the Bears. I think that's too much. I think this is could be a little bit closer than expected. And that's not to take anything away from the Eagles. I have full confidence in this Eagles team. They've been blowing teams out. If you want to say that they're going to beat the Bears because you feel like they can do it and you're confident in that, I don't blame you. That's fine. I just think that this Bears team is respectable. 
And I think it'll be a little bit tougher than expected just because those games happen too. It's the NFL. You look at the beginning of the Eagles-Cowboys game last night. It was getting a little too close for comfort. The Eagles were down at halftime. It was not looking good. Of course, they pulled away, and it very well might be the case they can do that against Chicago. But to me, I just think it's something to watch. It's the trap game condition of you're playing well. You're playing a team that isn't all that great. You might accidentally overlook them. And you have to go on a three-game road trip coming up, so maybe you're kind of looking ahead to Seattle and looking ahead to that. So I think it's just something to watch. Again, not majorly concerned. I still am picking the Eagles to win. I'm just saying that I think it'll be closer than the 14-point spread indicates. We'll see how that goes. It's that time of our show, as it is always on Monday. And thanks for Carrie Lynn checking in, saying this is her her victory Mondays are the best Mondays. I agree with that. Getting to our three over and unders provided by our good friend and our BGN Radio over under expert, Stephen Lee. That's at Stephen underscore Lee 20 on Twitter. Stephen with a PH. He has our three numbers for us today, and they relate to the Bears game, which we were just talking about, so a little bit of an early preview for you here earlier in the week. First up, and as some people are pointing out in the comments there, Alshon Jeffrey. 100 yards, over and under for him. This is the Alshon Jeffrey revenge game, potentially, going off against his former team. Although I don't think he's bitter towards Chicago, If you go back to when he signed with the Eagles, he wrote that piece in the Players' Tribune about how he really appreciated Chicago. I don't think it was so much a bitter situation there. It's just it was time for both sides to kind of move on. I don't think he hates the Bears, at least from what I can tell. Um, Does he get over 100 yards in this game? I don't think so. And that's not a slight to Alshon. I think he gets under, as Franklin Curry is saying here in the comments. Alshon's been playing well, though. That's Again, that's not a slight on him. It's not because I think he'll underproduce. I just think he's probably maybe in the, the, the 90 range, as John Rempe is pointing out. I was 3-for-3 three three last week, so clearly uh, take my knowledge here very seriously. Uh Alshon Jeffrey, I think he's under that 100-yard range, but he's been playing well in recent weeks. I mean, you look at his last three games, he has 12 receptions for 213 yards, four touchdowns. He's a 17.8 average yards per reception, and he has 2.2 two-point conversions in the last three games as well. So he's been effective in the red zone. He's making critical catches. That's one of the things that was so impressive to me about Alshon's performance on Monday night is not only was he making the catches and getting good production, but they were coming at key moments. It was coming on, I think, all three of his catches that weren't for touchdowns went for first downs, and then he had the touchdown catch. And then that doesn't include the two-point conversion that he had as well. So Alshon starting to look like a number one wide receiver, and as Brandon Taylor is pointing out here now in the Facebook comments on facebook.com slash Bleeding Green Nation, Alshon's post game, that whole thing is just unreal in a good way. 
that is like fan fiction where you have Ashawn Jeffrey going out and saying, ain't nobody effing with us and wearing a Brian Dawkins t-shirt while doing that. Like what more could you want as an Eagles fan? That guy loves this city. He's going to resign. The Eagles are going to want to resign him. At least that's what it feels like. I, I, when I look at that, I can't see how it would be any other way. But sorry, Alshon. I think you're under 100 this week. Uh, it's been a season where the Eagles, I think they haven't had a single 100-yard receiver, if I'm rem- remembering correctly here, which is kind of crazy. I don't think he's the guy who breaks it this week. The Bears' defense isn't that bad. I think it's actually above average and decent. So I, I can't see the 100 yards this week. All right, so that's number one. Number two, Eagles turnovers forced versus the Bears, three. So that will the Eagles force more than three turnovers against the Bears? I say over. Why not? Because this defense is playing so well. They're getting pressure. The secondary is playing well. The Eagles ranked third in takeaways this season. Chicago, meanwhile, ranks fourth in giveaways. Mitchell Trubisky, in six starts, has two interceptions and four fumbles. I just don't see it with Trubisky. I don't. Maybe he'll be good after this year. You look at how Jared Goff really increased his production from looking terrible as a rookie with the Rams to looking a lot better. Maybe if the the Bears make a coaching change, hire some new offensive personnel, we'll see. But for now, when I see Trubisky, he just doesn't look ready for the moment. Again, that might sound like a cliche, but I was watching his first start against the Vikings, and he kept looking towards the sideline the whole game. He's trying to look for the call. I get it, but it's just he didn't. It looked like he was out of place. And you saw the Bears, what they did in some of those next two games. They barely even had him pass the ball. They barely even trusted him to do that. So I don't think Trubisky suddenly plays a mistake-free game against this Eagles team. I do think that they find a way to get at least three turnovers. So I don't want to take the under. Maybe it's a push. You can't take the push because that's boring. But I think it'll be at least three He's going to try to throw against the secondary, and I don't think it'll work super well for them. So I'm taking the the over on three turnovers versus the Bears. Our final and third over and under of the day, Derek Barnett, who I was talking about earlier. Do you think Derek Barnett gets over or under seven sacks this season? Right now, he has 4.5 in 10 games, so he needs at least 2.5 in the remaining six games, because we're only counting regular season here, I suppose. If you wanted to count playoffs, that would certainly be a way to really make sure he hits that number there. I think Derek Parnett can get to at least seven sacks. It might be 6.5, it might be just on that under, but I think Derek Barnett gets over seven sacks this year. Derek Barnett is really good, guys. He is a really good player. He's getting pressure regularly. I just don't see why I would bet against Derek Barnett. And really, the way he's playing, he should be able to get more playing time. I don't think they're suddenly going to bench Vinnie Curry. They have a heavy defensive end rotation anyway. But he should be getting some more snaps here. And 
If you think about it, if the Eagles end up playing a meaningless game in Week 17, like they they face the Cowboys and the Cowboys uh, are either out of it or the Eagles have already clinched the one seed, they've locked everything up, Derek Burnett will probably be playing a lot in that game. So that'll be a nice opportunity there for him to kind of rack up some sacks and kind of skew that number maybe a little bit to help me out with this over and under. Uh, maybe the Cowboys don't even play their starters in that game either because maybe they just try to rest everyone. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I think, excuse me, that I'm taking the over on Derek Burnett sacks at 7. So to review, that's under for Alshon Jeffries 100 yards. That's over on Eagles' three turnovers forced this week, and that's over on Derek Burnett's sacks. So you guys can keep track of those. As always, I appreciate it. For uh, that's, that's a great effort by you guys to do that. I know Stephen Lee himself was talking about doing that, as well as our good friend and listener Juan Galaviz on the Twitter.com there. So these shows are good, man. It's always good to be here for an Eagles victory Monday. Makes it much easier. Makes it so that I don't have to be like I was after the Chiefs game yelling about how the running backs just aren't good enough. And guess what? I was wrong. They've been better. But also, in a way, I was right because they went out and traded for Jay Ajayi. So clearly, the running backs have been producing better than expected, but they also needed to get more talent. So just had to throw that in there. The Eagles are the best team in the NFL. It's a good feeling. It's a great time to be alive in Philadelphia. And I think that puts us at a good stopping point there. So this has been Afternoon QB with BLG, your Monday version of BGN Radio Daily. We do podcasts every day throughout the week, so you can check all of those out on bgnradio.com and bootygreenation.com, as well as the BGN Radio iTunes feed, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, any kind of podcast app there is out there, we're probably on there. Trying to get on Spotify still. We'll see how that goes. Um, the Eagles are doing well. We're doing well because of them. Everyone's feeling great. It's a great time once again. If you like what we do, leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Tell us what we should do better. Tell us what you do like, what you don't like. And if you like us a lot, if you really, really like us, stay tuned. Keep the date open. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen that day. As I'm winking, you can't see that if you're listening on the replay. But December 22nd, all I'm going to say is keep that day open. And if you like what we do, patreon.com slash Radio. You can get all of our bonus content there. We do more podcasts that we put out than we do on the regular feed and videos and pictures and, and things that you can't get otherwise. So go check that out if you want to support us. Again, this has been BLG Brandon Lee Gowton here with you on Monday's edition of BGN Radio Daily. It's time. Our time has come to an end. So take it easy and fly Eagles fly. Stretch your hand and I'ma chop it off. I dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss. Shrimp scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce. Rwanda and a Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Donetto. Hocus Pocus, Gucci Locus, cake with bacon soda. Cake for soldiers moving weight from Maine to Nova Scotia. Bang revolvers, problem solvers, that and pain the mothers. Lost a child, clips you play when they hear Belial. 
nightmares Walking dead cause they sleep dead You either sheep or shit, be scared or cut to pieces I lust for custom coops with the honey mustard features Butterfly doors, a whore that makes wine or sober Her beauty stunning, plus she funny, that's the proper order Head nods and cat calls cause it's pops in order Yeah, I'm stuntin' all the world is my stage show Dallas streets cruising around about 4 a.m. Just that fly shit type you never seen again No meats, no leather, I'm just pimpin' a pit We live that life that you're wishing against More money, more power, more women and shit It's me and